Welcome, welcome to BC Banter on the Heights, the weekly Boston College podcast hosted by myself, Brett Ryder, and Pete Collins. This week, we're going to cover the massacre under the lights in Tallahassee. Also, we dug up some stats from the dreaded 2015 season and an even more dreaded topic. We're going to go back and talk about Mr. Steve Adazio, uh, a recent uh, debate that went on Twitter if they let go of him too fast. Uh, but first and foremost, Pete, how you feeling? Man, do we look bad. Starting off the game, letting up a kick return for a touchdown, then Phil to come out and throw a pick on a bad throw, setting up another score for FSU to go up 14-0 almost immediately. Hold, hold up, though. BC's not done. They let up another score to go down 21 to nothing with four minutes left in the opening quarter. I mean, I can't say I'm overly surprised, but this poor play kept me in awe of how truly bad we are right now. I think truly bad is kind of like an understatement at this point. <clears throat> and I think, uh, yes. And when you really look at it, it's almost like impressive how bad they are. There's really nothing you can look at that screams out any sort of positivity. Like you really can't look at anything from the tape and be like, they did this well, or that looks like it's improving. It was just an all around disaster under the lights national and the and the worst thing national televised game and to just get absolutely stomped like that it was that was crushing it was absolutely crushing i mean the big plays what we were what 10 seconds in 13 seconds in the the, the kick return touchdown i mean they had at the end of the day fsu had 10 plays over 20 yards the kick return touchdown was 93 yards uh, it just looked like it looked like FSU was playing us on rookie mode uh, in Madden. Sure, sure. It's it, kind of like I alluded to, not to cut you off, but it's kind of how I um, described when they played them in 2012 and it was just an absolute drubbing. And up to when BC got that garbage touchdown when it was, you know, 44 to 7, and they almost, they almost you know, equaled the score of the 2000. 2012 uh game so that was just like the lowest of lows and it's almost like i'm sitting there watching the game and i'm like i've felt these feelings before like this isn't new to me i don't like this but i've, I've been here before and, and and 10 years later i still don't know how to act yeah i mean we watched the game together and i think we were both kind of dumbstruck like this isn't happening, right? Although <laughs> I'm not surprised that it's happening. Like I kind of was like, before I sat down, before kickoff, I was kind of expecting something like this. But now that it's actually happening, it's blowing my mind. I, you know, it was tough to watch. Well, that opening kickoff, uh, Pete and I watched it at together at his house. And during that opening kickoff, when he's returning it, and we were both like, go, go, oh. And then it was, it was almost like that, 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 that false sense of like, we not we both knew what was going on, but in the back of our minds, it was like, we cheered for a second, not quite realizing what was going on. Right. Um, but we, we knew, we knew it was, it was almost like a tongue in cheek laughter. Like, Oh boy, like, here we go. We we've been preparing for this all week. We knew this was going to happen seven seconds into the game. He's returning this, you know, to the house. So that was, that was, that was demoralizing. It was demoralizing yet expected. Very expected. And we talked about it last week and the expectations obviously, you know, going forward aren't very high, but I think the, 
the the most damning the most damning thing of it of it all is there is just there's zero fight in them there's no there's no fight whatsoever and that's what kind of really is most alarming to me and really just almost makes me want to tune tune the season out to a degree and not put as much you know energy into it and the fact of being a fan and you know obviously we're going to support them but it also comes in the point of like you guys don't care like why why are we going to care cuz it, it's it's obvious now it's not it's not even that they're just a bad team getting beat up on they're a team that's just completely demoralized and it's almost like they they've already quit and it's it's only a third third of the way into the season i mean coach spoke on that at his tuesday presser he was saying that the team actually came together nicely at practice so i mean there's moment i keep like trying to find like the sense of hope in me where i can be like okay if this and this and this it's, it's dominoes my emotions yes. are dominoes. If, mm-hmm. you know, the couple of these things and if only this happened, but if that didn't happen, that's how I feel about BC right now. As far as hope goes, the rest of my logical brain takes over and goes, have you been watching? I mean, they yeah. just look so bad. And it's just so, de- like you said, it just is demoralizing to this, to the point where you don't think that they really have it like any gusto in them. They're almost like, yeah, we see what you see. And we don't have any remedy for it. No. I mean, especially when you're watching the quarterback, I mean, to go into Phil, like it's bad. And you had high expectations. And I, th- and I feel like that's important to review. Like when you have high expectations and then it's this bad, like it's a huge drop off. Sure. If you were like, we're expecting your quarterback to stink and then he stinks. It's like, well, kind of what we were expecting there, you know, no big surprise, but you were expecting yeah. Phil to be, excellent you know to improve his draft stock this year like they're talking about you know where is he going to go and you know can he improve it and that that's millions of dollars when you talk about where they go in the draft like does anyone care where phil like who wants to draft phil right now like you're looking like oh maybe we'll get him on the practice squad and we can develop him that's where i feel like nfl teams might be thinking when they draft him whereas going into the year you're like he might actually compete for a backup or you know maybe you know take over a team you don't know you you, you had no idea where phil's ceiling was really but now i feel like he's on the floor there is there like if you talked about him being a first round draft pick you wouldn't have got laughed at no and he's i think now yeah and now if you talk about him getting drafted period like you're going to be laughed at yeah that's drastic too it's not like he came in had a bad year you know like maybe like uh trying to think like sam howell from unc last year or even like malik willis who were projected to be potential first round draft picks and then they fell to you know the third or fourth round or whatever and you're like okay they dropped you're talking about a kid that you potentially were looking at being a first round quarterback. And now he's not going to get drafted. No, I've never, yeah. And I've never in all my years of watching college sports, I've never seen that big of a drop off. I mean, I'm sure there has been cases and I would love to kind of know like who the people are that had that big of a drop off, but I struggled to find anyone that's parallel with that. It's, it's on, it's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And I mean, just to go over his game, he had an adjusted QBR of 6.2 against FSU. Yikes. 6.2. I mean, oh, I looked yikes. up to see. I looked up to see if it was like a historical low. Like, there's been worse, and so we don't need to go over that. But like, 
he's one of the worst. That was one of the worst performances out of like a QB. I get 15 for 23 passing. Like you look at it. All right. 15 for 23 passing, but 105 yards to the air, a, t- a touchdown and two picks yeah. just historically bad. And, you know, again, I don't think those numbers do it justice. So um, shout out to Andy Backstrom on Twitter because he had some pretty in-depth stats and I, and I want to relay him here. So uh, we were talking about it during the game. Again, we watched it together. I kept saying, Phil is throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Phil isn't throwing it downfield. It felt like all of his throws were like semi handoffs almost because they were just so close to the line of scrimmage, which required a ton of effort by the receiver to get yards after the catch, which, you know, it it was tough for them, obviously in the game, it didn't work out. Um, His average depth of target against FSU was three yards, meaning Line of scrimmage, oh, wow. his average depth of throw is three yards down the field. Oh, my God. 20 of 23 pass attempts were thrown less than nine yards. Oh, my God. So most of his throws, if caught and immediately tackled, aren't even a first down. Yeah. Five of those passes went behind the line of scrimmage. And I get, all right, so you throw three screen plays, that's three passes behind the line of scrimmage. So let's just say they ran five screen plays. But still, you got to consider that they're still not throwing the ball down the field, even outside of the fact that they're throwing dump downs to Zay and little screens and getting Zay involved is basically what they're trying to do, but they're not throwing it down the field to get him involved. Why? Phil can't throw it down the field. Wow. I didn't, I um, did not realize that it was like that, that bad. It's bad. And it was like, we could see it. But when you hear it in those terms, I think it almost like does something different for me. Mm-hmm. He's just not getting it down the field. Well, I mean, you talk about it all the time with the third and longs too. Yep. And, and that's it's, not, you know, not a good combo. If your running game is setting you up in yeah. third and long and your quarterback can't throw it long. It's like, yeah, hmm. that's what I was going to say. It's almost like, it's like funny. Cause it's like, you have these third and longs and then, his uh, attempts aren't even able to cover the potential first down. So it's like, you're not even, even if you're completing these, you're not getting first downs, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. And so like, all right, so he has a bad O-line. That's his excuse, right? Or what his excuse should be. If he's in talking to someone and someone's like, man, Phil, you're having a bad year. He's like, are you seeing this though? I'm getting pummeled. So, all right, let's divide his passes up between when he's pressured and when he has a clean pocket, because we then let's judge him on clean pocket because then we're kind of giving him a good O line. So sure. when he's pressured, he has 64 dropbacks on the season. He's 20 for 46. Oh, hold hold on. I I freaking love how you, you just have this ready to go. Shout out, shout out, Pete. Keep going. That guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> 20 for 46. Three touchdowns, an interception. He av- that's when he averages 3.33 seconds to throw. So 64 dropbacks. He's under pressure. Three touchdowns, a pick. 3.3 seconds when he has a clean pocket, he has 91 dropbacks. So significantly more dropbacks are clean yeah. than not it's clean. Like 33%, just, right? Yeah. Give just to hand. note. Yeah. Increase. Yep. Just to note he's 58 for 85. So he throws 68% versus the 43% from pressure. So he's clearly has a bit higher accuracy rating, but here's where it gets interesting. Four touchdowns and four picks and he's Whoa. throwing it in 2.5 seconds. Whoa. Four picks, a one-to-one ratio out of a clean pocket. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Like based off, based off those numbers, if he's, if he has the clean pocket and he's throwing it faster, right? He's, yep. he's getting rid of the ball quicker. 
getting rid of it quicker with a clean pocket than he is when he's under pressure. What are your, like, how do you, like, what do you think about that? Cause I don't, I'm jumbled. I'm, I'm, I can't even wrap my head around it. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. I was, I was almost like leaning on you to have like this, like, you know, answer ready to go. <laughs> I, that's interesting. It's jumbled, so he, right? Because he's, he has a higher percentage, which is what you want, but it's almost like wins in baseball. It's like, okay, but that your team might've just scored 10 runs and you let up nine, you like, you got the win. So that's why I looked at or brought into play the touchdown to interception. He has four picks with a clean pocket. He only has one when he's under pressure. So like complete 43, 43%, but keep the ball on your side. What I'm kind of wondering, like based off these numbers, and I'm glad you brought these up. I hadn't looked at these before. Um, when you alluded to it and that's kind of why I stayed away from it. Cause I was interested in, in what you were going to bring, but um, based off those, is the 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 O line play like is that an excuse? I'm I'm care I'm genuinely curious. That's I know what that that's I wanted to bring up. So I didn't want to have the reoccurring O line discussion because we've been there, we've done that, they suck. But what I wanted to bring <laughs> in is, are they even the full reason? Like, do we have to dive into this a level deeper? And and I think everyone knows that. And they even talked about it in the game. They were like, they said something like, uh, you know, the O line isn't good, but Phil's to blame too. You know, or, or they're yeah. not the only reason to blame. They made some sort of yeah. comment like that. And I kind of agree with them. I think there's yeah. a lot to blame on Phil. Like it, you're getting pressured. Yeah. But you're not throwing picks or anything. And you're taking your time in the pocket to throw it. You're a clip. You're getting it out quicker when we give you time. So like, why don't take that time, that 2.5 seconds and apply it to when you're under pressure. And let something develop. Yeah. Because what it sounds like to me is you have the clean pocket and you're force. You're almost, you're forcing the ball. Yeah but also and not throwing it downfield. So like, I think he's getting a lot of these quick dumps. And when he does try to go downfield, he's throwing the pick, which is like leading back to the inaccuracy comment. Well, the I mean, wild thing, I'm sorry, you go first. Like that's a sec strike two on me. No, no, no. Because I, I was going to kind of move into it. Like, you know, shift topics. I want to hear what you have to say and then I can shift. Okay. Well, when you think about the fact that he is not only turned the ball over, but basically dumping it off he has three downfield threats. So between Zay Gill and Williams. So it's not like, Hold on, it's Takis. not. There, yeah. That there's four Ooh. dude. Takis Ooh. is the second best receiver Ooh. on the team. Yo, you are failing yourself right now. I know you're going to, you, I'll let you play it off this time, but that was smooth. That was I, smooth. I, I mean, he's my guy now, right? <laughs> he is. Next time I'm there, I got a Takis jersey. He's gonna shut be up, bro. Bookstore. He didn't even know who I was, but um, yeah. all right. So four, so four, so four potentially deep, um, deep receivers. So because at first I was thinking when you said that, and I'm like, I wonder if it has something to do with if it, if he's just you know zoning in on Zay, and he's forcing the ball and blah 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 yada yada yada. But that's but that's no, not he is. he is, but that's not the full story because no, he's forcing it to Zay, but I don't think that's the full story hundred percent. Because if it was, he's got those three other receivers that are also deep threats. So it's not like it's Zay's the only deep threat and he's trying it and he's not able to get it. And that's why his stats are, you know, I won't even say subpar. Like subpar is like disrespectful to subpar quarterbacks. Like his stats yeah. are bad. But uh 
yeah, I think it's interesting at the fact that you have four weapons and you're not on, not only unable to to utilize them at what they're best at, but you're forcing the ball, and it's like it's becoming a detriment to the team. Absolutely, From I mean, I want to. Phil is the problem. I yeah. think if we're going to start with, I know I, offensive line was number one and Phil was two. I'm moving Phil up to number one and offensive line down to number two. I That's think fair. Phil, Phil needs to, to figure it, figure it the fuck out is what Phil needs yeah. to do. Yeah. So, so I think if you want to move on, so we got, so do you have uh, Zay's numbers? Yes. So Zay, uh, seven receptions in the game, 45 yards, no TDs, basically a non-factor committed to stop him. Um, they were forcing him the ball. Too. Say it again. He almost died too. Yeah, <laughs> he got pummeled. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're forcing him to him the ball, and I want to get to that later when we when when we have a uh, we we'll talk about that later. So I'm not gonna give you all my Zay numbers right now. Um, okay. Shout out to yeah. Keep keep your head out for that. But this the season update on him and is he's leading the ACC in receptions. He's leading the ACC in yards. I mean, Zay's still putting up his numbers um, all time, moving up the moving up the list, fifth in yards, tied for second in touchdowns, fifth in reception. So, I mean, it continues to be Zay Day, uh, even when he goes seven catches for 45 yards. Because he's almost like, um, I'm trying to think of a good comp, and I don't have one, so I won't make one, but he's distracting the defense. Uh, you have to commit to him. So it should reasonably leave open you know, the other receivers on the team, the the running game should be open a little bit more because you have to worry about Zay Flowers. He still has that effect, even though the rest of the team can't take advantage of that effect that he has on the team. So, I mean, every day is a day, in my opinion. So he's basically Calvin Johnson is what you're, is what you're getting yeah. at. Yeah. And we're the crappy <laughs> 0 and 16 Detroit Lions. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Detroit Lions to even have to make that comparison to you. I know. Well, it really, really quick tidbit. He he single handedly brought uh, Georgia Tech to the ACC championship game in two thousand six. Carrying him. So like, so like, what's up? Why can't we? Why can't we have cool things like that? I know we can't have <laughs> nice things around here. Oh, I mean, we were talking about Zay, like she's supposed to be setting up the rest of the team, and. We'll just go through all aspects of the offense, right? We talked about Phil. We talked about Zay. The running game continues to get nowhere. And really? it's interesting. What's that? Really? <laughs> last. Dead ass last. <laughs> just like Phil. You know, like Phil's last in every ACC category. We're last in every rushing category, just like as a team, just a Oof. collective unit of suck. You know what I mean? Uh, Garwo um, has been outrushed by freshmen two weeks in a row. Is that your guy? No, Broom did nothing, bro. Ah. Four carries, three yards, did nothing. But he did catch a touchdown, which was cool, which is yeah. probably why you said that, because it, it was like, yeah, it was a big moment. I had a little uh, yippee for my guy Broom, you know. Uh, but Garlo, it, it was Coleman this week. Oh, Xavier Coleman. Yep, five carries, okay. 44 yards. Okay. Garlo, nine carries for 42 yards. So, I mean, four more carries and two less yards. Oof. Barfield even getting in the mix, seven carries, 18 yards, really going nowhere at 2.6 yards a carry. But still, Garwell, Coleman, Barfield, Broom, they nine carries, five carries, seven carries, four carries. It's it's a 
I know it was a it was a game where you brought in some of the backups and they got a little bit of a little bit of time, yeah. but it's a consistent factor that Garwo is one A, but there's like a one B every game. Yeah, especially like when you think about like we talked about it last week, like he's this all ACC running back, and then we both posed the question, like, is he? And Granted, yeah, so these other kids were going against the backups once it was a blowout game, but what's up with you starting the game against the, you know, first teamers? Like, why aren't you cutting them up? Right. Especially, like, it honestly looks like the offensive line, the offensive line doesn't seem to be as much of a detriment as we've all been, than it's been perceived to be. Like, they're bad. Don't get me wrong. Like, they stink. But. I don't think that they're as bad as completely tanking um, Phil and Garwo. Like, I don't think like the offensive line is, is strictly to blame for their week to week perform and overall season performance. No, we can spread the love baby. I mean, everyone gets a little blame around here. That's right. That's right. It's everyone's fault. Yeah. Not ours though. Not ours. We are providing (laughs) expert analysis. I mean, if, if they just listened to us uh, and stopped the big plays, got a better O-line, you know, fired all the coaches. I mean, we would, it would be that simple. Right. Uh, I mean, let's, let's, let's talk positives. Are there any from the offense? Let's stay offensive focused. Since that's where our head's at. We'll can get I to the think defense. how much time do I, do, can I have to think about yeah, how much time you I, got buddy <laughs> off the top of my head? I don't think so. Well, I, mean, I have one. Well, Come on, I your have, boy Emmett. I have on Emmett. I mean, he threw said? a touchdown, Mister Moorhead. That's a bro, bro. We are in sync right now because I because yes. I was just about to say I guess I have one, and that would be my man's Emmett Moorhead. Definitely, mm-hmm. we want he was, Moorhead. We do want Moorhead, dude. He was kind of throwing darts out there a little bit. He was throwing darts. He, he threw a touchdown. I mean, just as many touchdowns as Phil did. So a quarter first, of the time, first, first career. Yep. The first of the first of many. Was it to Broom? Yeah. I mean, your guy to my guy. So I mean, we're all in. Four years of excellence on the way, boy. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. Ready to move into <laughs> that, the defense here? Yeah, real quick. That would probably be my one one in like very only. And even even that, like, yeah, it was dope that he threw a touchdown, but um, you know, he obviously had had his own. He had, he had some struggles too, but it's funny because we're seeing him play against and mop up duty again. Cause remember how last week when I was talking about Maine and I'm like, he didn't play at all against Maine and that's not a good look right and now they're getting blown out by FSU and they're throwing him in the game. And it's like, no, like that's not that's what not, I wanted. That's not how we <laughs> wanted to see you. <laughs> no, <laughs> get back on the bench. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's rip some D. I mean, Vinny De Palma. He's the guy, right? It has to be. 11 tackles against FSU, six in the ACC with 23 solo tackles, leads the Eagles with 32 total tackles. Had a fourth down stop, back-to-back weeks. Kind of feels like the guy for the BC defense. So it's like, let's start it off with a positive, which I feel like there aren't many. Can we both just agree that that's like an A1 name too? Like, is that yeah. cool? Is that it's chill? a sweet jersey. Yeah, 42. Vinny yep. De Palma. We're saying that, right? Yeah, I hope so, at least. Yeah. 
Yeah. The only thing that kind of stinks is he's a he's a freaking uh, senior. So it's like, oh, come on. Well, we'll get to it later. <laughs> you know, seniors can stay an extra year this year. True, 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 true. Which I think is kind of like an underrated thing. Like, is any like look left, look right. Like, is anyone like paying attention to that? Like, you I don't have, have to go if you don't want. Yeah, I have some. I have some thoughts on that. We'll we'll yeah. get into it. Yeah, we'll that's later. But still, to be noted. We'll get, yeah, we'll uh, we'll dive on in. I mean, FSU had no trouble scoring, right? Forty-four points. Jordan Travis effect in full effect. Three hundred and twenty-one yards to the air, which was a career high for him. I hate that. I hate when our team lets up a career high to someone. So when it looks at, when he, when you go back and look at his stats and it's like career high yards against BC, you're like, fuck our defense fucking sucks. You don't want to be in the record books <laughs> like that way. <laughs> it's true. Shout out, I, shout out Palm beach central real quick. That's where, that's where he went. That's, that's where my cousin went to high school too. Oh yeah. You were telling me that before the show. That's, that's dope. Uh, and he was like texting me about it. I'm like, I'm like, buddy, I don't care right now. I'm like, stop. Especially because like, he's shredding you. Yeah. <laughs> he does on I'm the like, ground, like what we wish Phil did on the ground, like create. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. He's tough. He, he smashed his hand on that, uh, on the helmet, on that throw came back. Yeah. He was basically playing hurt too. Cause there was even a question. Was he even going to play in this game? get like an ankle sprain right mm-hmm. and there was like video of him at practice but they wouldn't show his lower body and everyone was like oh that ankle must be a boot or something you know yeah yeah and then he and then he just comes in and just has a court and that's the thing <laughs> he has a career day career day <laughs> i mean also trey benson would talk about career day two rushing touchdowns a kick return for a touchdown three touchdowns total just shredding us. That was number three. He just, he looked like he was a beast. He looked like Derrick Henry versus the NFL. Just like, oh my, I know he, not saying Trey Benson's big like Derrick Henry, saying that right. he, the way he pummeled over people and the way it just seemed like he was a man amongst boys. Sure. I think that's safe to say. Yep. I mean, they didn't force, there was no forced turnovers by our defense. And I'm starting to see that as a consistent problem. Our defense either lets up a touchdown lets up a bunch of yards and a punt, so bad field position, but never turns the ball over and kind of puts like that uh-oh feeling in the other team's chest. I got a um I got a real I got a I got a little tidbit about your yep. about your boy. Uh, Vinny? Jordan Travis. Oh, okay, Jordan Travis effect. Yeah. Yeah, the Jordan Travis effect. So, and and I and I remember this, uh, but I just wanted to I just wanted to look it up to kind of verify it. His first, his first ever collegiate carry was a 26 yard touchdown against us in 2019. Oh, again, like, <laughs> get out of the record books on up for other people's benefit. I think it was his first ever play, not even yeah. just rushing it. It was his first ever play, and he and he housed us 26 yards. I had to look it up, and it's that it is right. I hate it. I mean, the big play is like BC's arch nemesis, right? Fourth and nine. I, I they had this like I saw online that you could watch the game in 25 minutes. It basically cut out all the crap plays that don't mean anything, and it just yeah, it was cool. So I was watching, just killing some time, and I was like, oh, fourth and nine, and they called a timeout. Or it was a commercial break, or something happened, right? And they were like, all right, we're gonna go for it now. And I'm like, oh wow, I don't remember this play. And they threw a huge bomb down the field and got it to the five yard line. I'm just like sitting there going, oh man, that was vital. 
because then they scored and went up 14, nothing. And I know you let up a kick return for a touchdown and you're like, Oh, this is bad. But say you stopped them on that fourth and nine, or they just punt on that fourth yeah. and nine and then you score seven, seven. And then the whole game feels different. I bet. Yes. yes. Or BC for us as fans too, but more importantly for the team and the, but then they go for it on fourth and nine. And not only do they go for it on fourth and nine, but they smoke you on fourth and nine. Yeah. Deflating. We're wicked good at deflating our own, like anything that we got going, we're wicked good at like, oh, I'll shoot myself on the foot right immediately. Give ourselves no chance. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Let's get rid of all hope immediately. We just, we just want you guys to know that we have no shot and you don't have to waste your time watching us for the next three hours. Cause we're going to show you in the next five minutes, why this game is just over. So yeah. feel free to spend your Saturday night doing anything else. Go take your girlfriend out, go take your dog for a walk, right. go drink a couple beers and chill and watch the new Dahmer show, which by the way is crazy, but go do anything, Looks but watch nuts. us. Yeah. It's, it's wild. My girlfriend <laughs> loves like serial killers and stuff. So she's like, Oh, watching that. And I'm not like a big scary person thing so she's like watching that not with you <laughs> it's spooky maybe, maybe i will it's spooky have you started in a front i've watched the whole thing couldn't stop oh my god yeah i watched it in like two days when did that drop a couple days <laughs> that's aggressive <laughs> should have been Dude. prepping for the show bro oh i was no i know during during during, during. <laughs> during. <laughs> i'm like looking up i'm like i'm like oh okay i'm like Jordan, Jordan, Travis touchdown. The next thing you know, the dude's getting like, you know, his arm cut off. And I'm like, what's, what did I miss, dude? I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. It's a, it's an adventure. It's great. Highly recommend. Maybe I'll have to join her then. That's worth it. It's one of those things where you end up Googling and we don't have to go into a whole thing, but it's one of those shows where like, you ever have those TV shows where you're watching it and you're just constantly Googling stuff the whole time. Cause you're like, you're like, how? You're like, there's no way. Like, you're like, I need the real story. And then you read like the real story, and it it is like what they're depicting. And you're like, holy shit. Shout out to shout out to Hillary, though. She would not need to Google anything. She'd just be sitting there telling me, Oh, that's accurate. You know, that really happened. <laughs> she knows everything. I swear to God. If serial killer trivia, invite her. That's Don't invite amazing. me. <laughs> But anyway, we might we might go uh, three and nine, which is reminiscent of 2015. And I know you wanted to make some comparison. So if I uh, can transition us there. uh, Yeah, let me get the floor. May the floor be yours. (laughs) So, okay. so let me quickly kind of explain like what I did and to kind of like give you like an idea. So I know that I, I know I've already told you, like they played Maine in 2015. So the first, their first four games, it was, it was Maine Howard, which I just took out. Cause I'm like, that game was, it was a 77 to nothing game. Like 76, the, 76, excuse. Oh, good. What's up? I'm here for so you. 70 <laughs> fact checker, baby. So yep. 76 to nothing. So, so I took that game out and then they had FSU, which they lost 14 to nothing. I knew that, which, cause I, I just love being in misery. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then the Northern Illinois game, I figured, so the Northern Illinois game, I thought that, you know, obviously it's not completely comparable to a Rutgers per se, but I thought, you know, whatever, it's good enough to be able to compare the two. And then I also used Duke, which was week five. Uh, in, instead of, you know, obviously I could have gone down and I could have found the game that they played against uh, Virginia Tech, but I'm like, whatever, like it's an, it's an ACC school. And at the time they weren't that good. Virginia Tech this year is not that good. So it's pretty comparable. So maybe well, I like that you. I like that you picked that though, not to inter- not to cut you off though, because they were mm-hmm. still had hope in their season at that point. So the mentality right. going into that game is a right. lot stronger comparison. Whereas later in right. the season, the season was feeling a little different. So I like that comparison. Yes. yes. That's why I tried to. So I picked the first five out of the first five weeks, the, the four games. You know, I really wanted to get like a feel for it, like how they started. Cause I remember at the time the offense being complete completely inept and the defense was was dynamite like the defense Mm -hmm. at at one point was like a number two defense in the country i think they ended the season top 10 but so i wanted to kind of look look at that so i broke it down i took like the you know the pass yards the rush yards the you know who scored the touchdowns in terms of like rush touchdowns passing touchdowns and i added them all up and so it's 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 pretty incredible actually so the 2015 team had 444 pass yards they had 741 rush yards and in total they had 1185 yards um and then i completely forgot because i'm such a doofus one two three so they had three rush three rushing touchdowns and they had two pass touchdowns so that's bad right like that's bad like i know the main game was 24 to 3 they lost to fsu 14 to nothing i believe the northern illinois game if i remember correctly was 17 14 i could be wrong and i know the duke game they lost nine to seven so we have 11 1185 total yards so then this year through through the four games they have 1133 yards so they, one more time. they have 1133 yards whence in 2015 they had 1185 yards so they had more yards in 2015 through through these four allotted games so i mean technically it was week five but if we're just taking out the wagner game those four games compared to the first four weeks of this season that team actually produced more more yards um in their four games and yards can be deceiving which i sure. think is is fair to point out but and they're kind of similar right with 50 yards off from each other yeah so 52. i mean i feel like that 52 yeah so i mean i feel like they're fairly do you have the points total no i don't i could t- i can tell you it so I mean they scored 24 points and then they scored so they zero points 38 Oh, oh you no, are no. you talking are you talking this year? No, no, I'm talking. Well, I mean we want to I want to compare the two of them. So I mean they went 24, we're not going to count the 76. They scored zero uh, week so 3. So they scored 20 24 in the fir- in the main game. Really they score scored zero 
FSU, they scored 17 against um, Northern Illinois, and they scored seven against Duke. So, I mean, that's that's fairly easy to count up. Yeah, what's that? That's you have it. 48. All right. And if, so if my BC, if my BC math does me does me proper. Proper graduate. All right. So 21. Mm-hmm. And then they're at 31. 31 plus 38, because that's how many, or sorry, 17. No, they scored 38 against Maine and then scored 14 against FSU. 83. Well, how many did they score in 2015? 41. So no, they doubled 48. The, they, 48. So less. All right. So significantly more points this year. Yeah. To, you know, food for thought that they're scoring more points this year. So while the yards are, they have more yards, but less points. Yeah. But the, the thing that I was really looking at is the fact that that offense was so inept and that this offense has not been able to produce much more. They definitely haven't been able to impress us anymore. Or I mean, it's kind of funny, though, because like the records are different. You know, through the through the first couple of weeks, 2015, yeah. you know, like they're kind of like, well, they were they were three. So they were technical. Well, they they were two and two. Through those four games and we're one and three. Right. I mean, I guess talking about better, you're talking one game better. So it's not yeah. really a, a, yeah. that much better. I mean, their defense, though, was beating people down that year. They let up 15 points to their opponent a game. Yeah. And so, like, if you're going to have a meager offense, you have the best one, like a gnarly defense. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I'd rather that team. Bro, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, no, take, no, like, I'm with you. Like, take away, like, all right, so, so, and I get you're just kind of playing devil's advocate, but if you look at the points, right? Got like, you say, like, so the point, yeah. So the points, the points that they've scored this year, you said it was, what, 80-something? 83, I think it was, something around there. So 30, 38 of those were against Maine. And then, like, they had the garbage, the garbage touchdown last week. I mean, so, because w- what are we looking at? We're looking at, what was it, 20, 22 in the first game or 21 in the first game? Yeah, they lost 22-21. They scored 21 points, yeah. And then they then they lost, uh, they had 10. 38 is kind of like the 76 game. I know 38 is a lot different than 76, but it's no, no, I guess the beat yeah, down game. That'll that'll inflate it. That'll definitely inflate it. Especially like you're talking like you got two more touchdowns. Excuse me, than Junk. Um, you know, and granted, 14 points like, again, again, you're uh, to your point. For Florida, a junk touchdown at the end when the backups. Yeah, are yeah. So I mean. The but they're letting up. Also, the points can be can be mis misconstrued too, in terms of like, yeah, they might have their output might be double, but it's not necessarily that that doesn't tell the whole story. Well, I think it, it loops I, back around to your point. Like the, they're scoring points when they don't matter. Mm-hmm. It's like I always call them like a rod numbers because I always yeah. feel like a rod put up numbers. Like in the ninth inning, he would hit a home run when his team's up seven to go up eight. And then it's like, oh, my ninth inning home runs, I'm like third all time. I'm like, yeah, but all those home runs, we didn't give a fuck about A-Rod because mm-hmm. they didn't matter, bro. Yeah. And like some of these points just don't matter because you're letting up so many points. At yeah. least then in 2015, as in then, 
you're not letting up as many points. You're actually competing yeah. in games. So like these yards are right. time of possession. These yards are field position and the points are maybe enough to win because they're winning more games, scoring less points, right. winning more games, scoring less points. Your defense is obviously like a huge difference maker. And, and I kind of like, I like, like our defense at points this year, but obviously that defense is just something ungodly or unworldly. Well, and the thing that the thing that really struck me from this is how similar similar their outputs are because I think that when you do look at a yard, the yards output, like that does say like when you're when you're comparing it against an all-time worst program offense and it's similar, like that's that's pretty damning, especially when you're supposed to have this all world, you know, all world players on your team and you're not even able to you're not able to outmatch Jeff Smith and, you know, Doug Flutie's like sixth nephew to go through here. So it it's was like, his nephew, what? right? I saw the last name. Flutie. Yeah. I was like, just checking yeah. out the team. I'm like, who, who's that Flutie? Yeah. yeah. And then they let they him throw up... too, because they had four quarterbacks that year. Yeah. John, John Fadule was the other one. And then also Dar- Darius Wade was the kid who he broke his leg in like the <clears throat> second half of the Florida state game. That was that was that was so brutal. That was a tough one. They were they lost fourteen to nothing. But that's yep. when you knew you were like, oh, this team's this team can actually kind of like bang with people. And then and then and then you're like watching. Then they played against Duke, and it was like nine to seven, and it was like, oh my god, like this team and is then so what trash. Happened? The three nothing game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the worst football game in the history of football games, but also one of the best football games in the history of football games. <laughs> nah, the worst. The worst. Most it doesn't infamous. get worse than that. That sucked. That's a terrible. That's a, such a bad. Just such a bad look. And the, I think the worst part about that game, and then we can get back on track. But the worst part about that game is the fact that they had. Um, they had the ball on like the half yard line and then they just fucked it up <laughs> and they yeah, ended they up, they, they ran, ran out of time. Like they could have uh, done something and they just didn't. Yeah. But I think that, that, I think that like going forward, I think that's something we should keep an eye on is compare them. Like, I think that's a good comp. I like that. We can go week to week and kind of keep looking yeah, back and see how they're doing. Comp, in 2015. Can, I think that's a good comp, you know, because I'm sure I'm sure that you can you can look at uh, the stats that, yeah, I'm sure there's garbage time stats, but I'm sure the 2015 is garbage time stats in there, too. But it's just it's just all relative at the end of the day, what I'm saying, like they're comparable seasons. You can compare numbers. And I think it's interesting when you do it that way. So I was I was I was surprised. I thought that they would have more more. I thought that that offense was just so inept and bad. I didn't think that anything would come close to that. But no, they did. They certainly did. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep this, we'll keep this train rolling. I know that when we talk, when we talked about this, um, off, off camera, you know, it, it, we're like, oh, we, we got to talk on this. Like we have to talk about this when, you know, so there was an article written at BC interruption talking about if Steve, Ado- if, if, if we moved on from Steve Adazio too quickly, uh, it made me sick to my stomach to even to even read that. I'm like, hell no, you know. And I still feel that way. 
I'm interested to know like kind of how you feel because obviously your your situation and, and your experience with it's a little different. So let I kind of want to get like your thoughts on it before before I just throw up all over the place. <laughs> ah, you know, I'm torn. Uh but there's like a but there that makes me kind of think that if we could just have a seven and six season like he was so good at, that I'd be so happy right now. Yeah. He was so good yeah. at going seven and six. But do you want a guy who just goes seven and six? No. You no. need to you need to push forward. And there was no and there's no push forward there if you're going seven and six, then seven and six, three and nine, seven and six, seven and five, six and six. I mean, those are just like kind of like mediocre years for what you want to consider to be or has the potential to be like an elite program. Like we could be top 25 like there's teams in the acc that get there and why aren't we one of them that's kind of how i feel and we've been there been there yeah and that's what so that's a so that i have two kind of remarks to that and the first one is uh when when they first fired him and everyone was like oh you guys you guys you're boston college you guys went seven and six you guys should be so happy that you guys do that every year and i'm like hold on a second skirt from 2000 the year 2000 to 2009 we won eight games or more every single year. We had the longest bowl winning streak in the country. We had thousand yard rushers every single year. We were a good team and we beat a lot of good opponents. We had a lot of marquee wins. We beat ranked teams pretty regularly. Shout out Notre Dame for always getting their butts kicked by us. Love that. Mm. Now, so we have the potential. Now, I think the thing during that time when we had Tom O'Brien as our coach is that that coaching staff and those teams are in that area always left you wanting more because they always had that WTF loss where you're like, how the hell did we lose that game? And it happened regularly. It happened all the time. You go back to the Syracuse in 04 when they blew it to go to the BCS Bowl. That was probably like the absolute worst of them. 2000 it was it was either 2003 or it might have been 2004 as well when they lost the wake forest at home when they were still at the home opener the season opener and that was before we were even an acc team and they came in and clapped us and it was like oh no you know mm-hmm. but they've they've had a lot they've they had a lot of success during those time periods now you fast forward you go through the spaz years when they were really bad they were really coached terribly I don't know how we had Luke Keekley. Still wonder that to this day. And then you get the Daz. And Daz's first year, he absolutely ran um, I'm forget, Andre Williams. Wow, completely just blanked that. But he ran Andre Williams like into the floor, 2,000 yards. And by the end of the season, like Andre Williams against Syracuse in the last game of the year, he got hurt. He had like nine yards and got hurt and they lost that game. They finished the season seven and five, and then they got their doors blown up by Arizona. But that's a good first year. Their second year, they went into the season and they had just a typical Daz loss to Colorado state shout out Colorado state family <laughs> ties, <laughs> but they lost to them at home. And then they limp into the bowl game, the pinstripe bowl they missed the extra point and they lose that game. 2015, we talked about that. So that was a bad year. And then 16 was an interesting year because that was the one year they won the bowl, but they were really bad. Like they lost to Virginia Tech 49 to nothing. They had a 
bunch of like really lopsided losses, but somehow, some way they went six and six and they made it to a bowl. 2017, when AJ Dillon came, they started the year two and four and they went on a crazy run. They finished five and one, five and one. Yeah. Five and one. And their one loss was to NC state, but that was because Anthony Brown got hurt. So whatever. And then they lost in the pinstripe bowl. And that was once again, like they were, Seven and five. Wasn't that the lightning to... round? Wasn't that the lightning year? That the game lightning. got canceled because of lightning? No, that was 2018. That's... Uh, I'm getting ahead. So, yeah. So come 2018, now you're talking about like this team was loaded with not only like really good talent, but they were they were deep. Like they had like Lucas Dennis at safety. They had a lot of kids that were up a cost. And like they were they were primed to have a real good year. They started out seven and two. They were in the rankings. They had college game day. And then they lost the last three games of the season. And it was just like he could not get over the hump. And those last three games really encapsulated him because he had all the the talent on the field in order to succeed and get over that seven win hump. But they just absolutely bottomed out in those last three games. And that was the reason why it ended up being like, okay, like this dude really cannot get over the hump. Like he's a good coach. He's not a great coach. And you see it all the time when you look at the fact that he was like one in 19, I believe against top 25 opponents. And if you really look at his ACC record, it's pretty bad. And then a lot of, and then the reason why he was 500 is because a lot of the teams he was beating up on were inferior opponents. So it really kind of fluffed his stats a little. So the fact that we're looking at Adazio, like, Oh, do we want that? It's like, I didn't like that. Brand of football was not fun to watch for me. Yeah. And I like shaking it up, bringing in something new. Halfley's fresh. He's young. Mm-hmm. He, you know, maybe can relate to the kids in that sense where I don't know if necessarily you had that, you know, prior. Uh, so I, I, I like the change as like a, we got to shake things up. I don't know necessarily like is Halfley like better. I don't know. Cause they're both 500 coaches. Yeah. And, and so a point, a point that I saw someone make is that when we got a young, when we got a young head coach, we had to agree with the, or we had to accept the fact that there were going to be growing pains. And I think that when you're talking about, when you're talking about a coach like this, I'll be honest, like I haven't taken that into consideration whatsoever. Like I honestly have not even allowed myself to give him a pass in the sense that yes, he is a first time head coach. And the fact that he is, this is his first time running the whole team. So it's not that we have to give him a pass on how bad they are, but I think we do need to actually like give him a shot in order to either sink or swim. And this is, yeah, this should have been the make it break it year of like, you need to get over that hump. And if you were went six and six again, then we were all going to be like pissed off. But I think the reality is set in that that's not the case. Like he's not there as a head coach yet, a leader, and we still need to give him time. I don't think, I don't think firing him at the end of this year is going to do anybody good. I think it's way too preemptive. I think it's going to set you back another four years. So I don't agree with that. And I think that's all you can do is just give the guy time. And then you see next year, if they go three and nine again, or if they go, you know, six and six, but it's like a, a BS, like gross six and six, like, sure. Then you, then you start wondering, but I don't think we're at that point yet. And I'm glad that whoever wrote that article or 
or that fan post or whatever it was. I'm glad they put it that way because it really kind of allowed me to reality check myself and kind of bring it back. Like, okay, yeah, he's at, he, that, that makes sense. I think it makes sense. Unless there's like this other better option that you're in love with and it's like, you got to strike now. That's the only time I would disagree with the, you got to give Halfley more time. Yes, you do have to give him more time, but what if there's someone that you're in love with that you think would be a game changer for the program? I'm ready to go. Yep. Okay. Make the switch. I'm not like, I have hope for Halfley and I think it's going to be fine. I just don't, I don't necessarily know if it's, if it's uh, something we can count on. Brother, honestly, I could talk about this for the forever. Uh, my blood is like boiling right now. Even just thinking about Steve Adazio, like I cannot stand that man. Uh, I, I think for, for my mental health and, and for the the safety of everyone around me, uh, we should we should move on to reviewing our bets. Are you are you okay with that? <laughs> yeah, that's better news. Our bets uh, were hot. Our bookie owes us. Um, both of us went three for three again. We took FSU money line. We took FSU with the points, which is minus sixteen and a half, and we picked the over of forty eight and a half points, uh, which brings so that's three for three. Both of us. On the year, eight for nine for you. I'm nine for nine. So if you like winning money, maybe pay attention to the preview episode that um, will be dropping very soon and uh, win some money. Yes. Win tons of money. Off the off the, the, the tears of BC, unfortunately. But, I mean, you can be sad and rich or sad and poor. Your choice. <laughs> <laughs> we're just like the betting gurus out here uh do you do you have do you have the so we we took what the fsu money line fsu minus 16 and a half and the over 48 yep we're spot on god i hate myself because you took fsu and you were right yeah, I'm just such a positive Paul. And yeah, normally you, I'd be like, you know, I'd be like, no, nah, we're we're gonna compete. No, your Red Sox has to come out. Like, you know, your Red Sox fandom has to come out, or it's like you fucking hate them so bad to motivate them to be better. <laughs> it's like not I'm not hating on the BC Eagles ever because I don't like them. It's because I want them to be so goddamn good that I have to get angry at them to 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 get them to do better. Cause I, that's all I want to see at the end of the day. Like it's passion. Yeah. It's not, uh, I actually don't like them or I dump on them. I really just want to party. Like it's 2007. <laughs> <laughs> I want to bring Matt Ryan back. The Sox won the world series that year. Like, man, I just want that again. Good like, old days. Those days were good, man. Those days were those, you, you know, you know what, you know what, boy, them, <laughs> them days were good. Them days were fun. They were walked were, to school uphill both ways. <laughs> <laughs> walked uphill, walked up Chestnut Hill both ways to Alumni Stadium to watch Wh watch the boys. Wind blowing in my face. Didn't care. No hat. <laughs> Jamie shorts. Silva didn't care. I didn't care either. No, they <laughs> were they were fun, man. It's sad, you know. It really is, and that's like when we when we're talking about. And we can wrap it up here, but like when yep. we talk about. Uh, Steve Adazio, which F that guy, infinity, 
infinity hate him can't stand mm. him hope hope this gets back to you somehow <laughs> not a steve adazio show all right nope. just this is not a steve adazio show back off mike's pastry kind of overrated anyways the whole <laughs> the whole idea of halfley is coming in is he's going to get us over that hump so i think that's where like a lot of us are just like frustrated the fact that it hasn't happened and i think we thought that this was going to be the season where we would start to see it i don't think anyone ever expected us to win 10 11 games and you know be ranked 15 this year i think that that was a little cuckoo but i think the idea that they would win eight games like it didn't seem like a tall task especially for this roster, like I think this roster seemed to be set up to do it. So the fact that they've fallen short, that's the biggest disappointment. But to bring it back, I also do understand, and I, I'm glad I got that reality check of Halfley as a first-time head coach. We had to expect these growing pains. We have to allow these growing pains in order to be in order for him to be successful. Uh, I'm on board, you know, I'm going to support him. I, I really do want to see him succeed here. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not the type of guy that is going to suddenly like jump ship and, and be completely against them and hope the team stinks so that he actually gets fired. Like, I think that's so whack. No. So I'm not, I'm not on board with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that that'll wrap us, wrap us for the FSU recap. I almost said preview recap. Uh, we'll be back. We'll be back in a day or two with the UL Louisville preview. So be on the lookout for that. And until then, uh, go Eagles. Roll Eagles. I don't know what you.